Singing is something that we do a lot of at this time of year. We all have our favorite carols and Christmas CDs that we want to hear. We all survive being blasted by piped-in Christmas music in every store. We've had a Sunday school class for throughout the Sundays in Advent where Annette Sparks lead us, leads us in singing and reflection of beloved and new carols. And indeed, the gospel passage we just heard read in such an interesting, beautiful way has been described as one of the most famous songs in Christianity. It was a song that Mary sang, and as one pastor writes, this song has been whispered in monasteries, chanted in cathedrals, recited in small, remote, faraway churches. It has been spoken into the silence of evening candlelight and set to music with trumpets and drums. Mary sings this song, and as one scholar writes, she who was voiceless lifts her eyes, fills her lungs tight with air, and opens her mouth to proclaim a great reversal of fortune. Singing is far from a rare occurrence in the scriptures. Even in the just the few verses we've heard today, there are several references to singing. And indeed, our psalms, the most ancient scripture we have, has been the musical songbook of religious communities for thousands of years. Singing is integrally woven into a life of faith, so much so that when we hear the words read from the book of Isaiah, we can hear that the deepest, truest promises of God will be celebrated with singing. Isaiah promises that the ancient Israelites were currently exiled and isolated and aching for their God and their homeland will return one day with delight and song, with joy and singing. What does singing do in a life of faith? These women and exiled people in the scriptures don't seem to have much reason to rejoice, especially in the time that they are writing. What does it mean to sing out your faith? And for we who are reading these verses here and now, what are these scriptures telling us about who we are? and who God is. We could say that there are three dimensions to the act of singing in Scripture. First, singing is about witness. Second, singing is about time, our time and God's time. And third, singing is about participation. The first point, that singing is about witness, probably isn't too surprising to us. Songs name and claim things. They name and claim emotions and events and thoughts that we have. Songs pull words from the singer's mouth, sometimes with surprising force and intensity and emotion. And this is true wherever songs are sung, but especially when the words that are sung are sacred. There's a famous line often credited to St. Augustine which says, the one who sings praise twice. Throughout the ages, those who have been most disempowered in our world, in our country, have also been the ones to harness the power of singing as witness. Christian martyrs were known to sing in the gladiatorial ring in Rome. Slaves sang in the fields of Virginia plantations. 
50 years ago, crowds sang together during the civil rights movements across the United States. Often we hear people singing and we think, oh, either why are they singing? They must be crazy or they must be happy. But singing isn't simply about logic or good feelings. Singing is about grabbing our attention and not letting go. Singing is about witness. It is about claiming a voice of witness when others might be ready to move on and get on with their day, get on with their lives. We've seen this in the power of singing in social movements throughout history, but don't we also realize this power of singing in songs when we get an earworm or a song stuck in our head and we find ourselves singing it throughout the day? My sisters and I often wonder what has been left out of our brains in order to make room for a thousand Disney movie lyrics. Imagine if you were walking past two pregnant women laughing together on the road, and you heard them saying the words from this Luke text. You heard them singing these words about God's justice, about powerful kings being thrown down, about the lowliness of a servant being lifted up. Chances are you might be surprised to hear this song. This song might stand out to you. It might get stuck in your head and shake you a little bit just as you are ready to continue on with your day. Singing is about witness. Mary here is singing about God's justice. She is singing about power in a way that might be shocking. Her song grabs our attention, especially when it comes from the lips of a person that many people might ignore, a young girl. But still she sings and she testifies to the glory and power, the justice and strength of her creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Like the most annoying commercial jingle, the words might stick with us. A song like this can force us to remember something we would probably usually forget otherwise. Singing is about witnessing to a power that surprises us. It is about witnessing to a hope, a faith that will not be silenced. Indeed, some of our most familiar hymns witness to this profound faith. There are words we might easily sing every week without a second thought, without thinking about the history behind them. For instance, around Thanksgiving, sometimes we sing, Now thank we all our God. This was written during the brutal 30 years war in a plague-ridden Germany when a pastor had done more than 50 funerals in a day, including his own wife, and he sat down and he wrote, now thank we all our God. This is not an easy platitude. It is well with my soul was written by a grieving father devastated by the drowning death of his daughters. He sat down on the place where they died and wrote, it is well with my soul. These are not easy words. And Angels from the Realms of Glory, which we sang earlier in this service, was not written by some quiet scholar thinking pious thoughts in his study. It was written by James Montgomery, a Scottish newspaper man who is continually in trouble with the authorities because of his political beliefs, particularly his support of the labor rights for child workers and the abolition of slavery. Twice he was thrown into jail over these beliefs. And so while he was going up against the political power in his local community and country, he wrote this hymn about God's power, about God's power calling upon all angels and shepherds, sages and sinners. 
We sing these songs with familiar words, and we can easily forget that there is more going on behind these hymns. These hymns are about witnessing, about testifying to something that is bigger than the hymn writer themselves, something that lifts them up when they are mired in the depths of pain. Like Mary, even when they are made low by the events of the world, these singers and writers try to witness to a bright light on a distant horizon. They are trying to witness to God's transforming work and presence here and now in our world. So first, we can say singing is about witness. Second, singing is about time or how it messes with our sense of time. Sing, uh, songs collapse our sense of time. Song brings, songs bring the present into the past and the past into the present and help us to imagine a future here and now. For example, how many of us have wanted to go with Sinatra whenever we hear him say, come fly with me, no matter when that song was written? How many of us have tried to get the piano man to sing us a song when we hear the famous Billy Joel chorus? And if you admit to yourself how many of us have really wanted to throw our hands in the air like we just don't care whenever we hear it on the radio. Songs mess with our sense of time. What we think happened long ago when we sing words becomes something that is happening to us right here, right now. And we can see this when we look again at angels from the realms of glory. Montgomery, James Montgomery, isn't using the past tense when he sings about the Christ child's birth. He isn't interested in describing some still, settled, peaceful tableau from Christmas past. Instead, he writes, sages, leave your contemplations. Sinners, now wrung with true repentance. All creation, join in praising. This infant, now we all view him. Come and worship. Montgomery wrote these words over a hundred years ago and over a couple thousand miles away, but still these words are not about some far-off event in a distant past. They are instructions for us, here and now. And as we sing them, as we mess with our sense of time, we realize that we, right here, right now, are the ones who are supposed to come and worship, come and worship, come and worship Christ, the newborn King. Singing connects the past and the present and the future in a vibrant way, echoing notes and lyrics across the ages, reminding us that these words, this story applies to us as much as it did to those shepherds and sages and sinners. We can also see how time gets twisted when we look again at Mary's song. Mary isn't singing about a God who remains in the past, nor is she talking about a God who will only work in the future. She says, God has looked with favor on me. God's mercy is for those who fear him. Thanks to God, all will call me blessed. Mary's song is speaking about the past and the present and the future, and it's all entangled. It is not divided into neat, different packages. Singing for Mary isn't about saying what God does in some distant, far-off time. 
Mary's song tells us about what God, the God of love and justice has done, what this God is doing, and what this God will do someday. There is no separation. Mary sings, and in so doing, she is freed. She is freed from being stuck in the past. She is freed to see a future, a future where she is involved and engaged, where God is at work and she has an important role to play. Perhaps we, too, can be freed. After all, singing messes with our sense of time. When we sing, we realize that the Spirit is speaking to us, here and now, whenever those words might have been written. Third, singing is about participation. Singing requires participation of our whole body as individual singers, as well as our whole body as a community. And while I should probably step aside and let Jeff Reel do any teaching about singing here, here's a quick first lesson. Singing isn't just about what you do with your teeth and your tongue and your throat. Singing is about what you do with your diaphragm and your gut, your nose and your toes. Even your eyebrows are involved in those high, what was the composer thinking notes. The whole body is engaged in the act of singing. And again, our first hymn reveals this reality. There we sang, angels, use your wings. Sages, leave behind your deep thoughts. Nations gather, knees bow, all join in this act of singing. And in Isaiah, we heard, the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped and the tongue of the speechless will sing for joy. All creation is connected in this act of singing. Singing isn't about thinking a deep spiritual thought and then opening your mouth and hitting an impressive note. Singing requires participation of all parts of the body, all parts of creation. Similarly, God isn't interested in a faith that is confined to us sitting still and thinking deep thoughts and saying pretty prayers and humming a nice song on our own. While these things are important, if they are all that we do, we'll be missing out on something. God is much more interested in getting us to use our whole bodies and hearts and minds. God is much more interested in a faith that engages all of our souls and spirits and hands and legs and diaphragms and toes and even eyebrows. God is much more interested in getting our bodies and lives and indeed our entire community involved in the act of singing. And then... God wants to turn all of this upside down and inside out with the birth of Christ. Mary's song describes this transforming work of God. Nothing is safe. God's transforming love means that nothing will be left alone. Our stomachs, our pocketbooks, our hearts, our homes, our politics and places of power, indeed our whole lives will get involved in this this song that Mary and the prophets sing. When Christ arrives on the scene, all will be turned upside down. Once God gets involved, nothing, nothing is safe. What we hear in the scripture is not some sweet lullaby sung between Mary and Elizabeth here in Luke. This song is a cry of witness, 
a testament to God's justice and power, a declaration of revolution that will not stop until God has transformed our past, our present, and our future. So next time we sing, whether in the sanctuary or the car or the shower, we must remember this power of singing. We must remember that to sing means to witness to something that is bigger and more lasting than our individual selves. We must remember that singing messes with our sense of time. Singing brings the past into the present and makes promises for the future. Next time we sing, we must remember that singing means involving our whole body, our whole lives, our whole community, and perhaps even by God's power, our whole world. Singing reminds us that more is going on than we might realize. More is going on behind our beloved hymns. More is going on in our own lives. More is going on in our world than we might ever have imagined. As a people who are trying to follow Jesus, trying to discover the spirit at work in our world, Perhaps we should declare that to sing is not about hitting pretty notes, singing familiar words, or letting us all hum our little jingle to ourselves. As a people who are trying to wait for Jesus with faith and hope and love, we believe to sing is not just about what we sing to ourselves. We believe that singing is about asking the questions, what are we singing? With whom are we singing? Who is Christ asking us to join in song? And what is the Spirit bringing into the world, into the present, into the here and now, through our song? As people of faith, we believe that through faith, singing is about witnessing to a force of love and justice which is bigger than ourselves. We believe singing messes with our sense of time, To sing is to proclaim what God has done, is doing, and will continue to do through us. We believe that singing requires no demands, that we engage our whole bodies, our whole lives, our whole community and world. We believe by the love of Christ and the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that we must not stop singing until every person is able to find his or her voice in the Lord's transforming song. Friends, there is work and there is singing to be done. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, you have gathered us here and now for a little while. Use our tongues, our hearts, our hopes and doubts and dreams for the work of your kingdom so that we might live into the world as your faithful, joyful disciples. In your holy name we pray. Amen.